but we want to be able to tell can't retire from this stories from girls all across the nation. We want to take, so we're starting with the DMV, but then New York girls basketball is phenomenal as well. Let's go right. to New York. Let's tell these stories in Atlanta, North Carolina, Texas, LA, Chicago. Like, we can't retire from this. And it's a universal theme. We're just starting with the DMV because, I mean, it's home, we breathe yeah. the best. <laughs> and it's home. But I want to see why does New York think they're, be- they're the best? What are the stories that made them them? You know, the history runs so deep, but we have not been given the platform, so I'm making the platform. Here we are, 2021. Happy New Year's again to you guys. It's the second episode of the New Year. Play-by-play analysis podcast, Devin Nash, BSK Play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. This is a very special episode. I got a very special guest in the building, Melanie Page. How you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm here. How you doing? So we got you here for a couple reasons. The main reason is that fellow DMV native, you know, fellow DMV creative at that, and she's currently in the midst of, at this point, it's a complete project, right? A complete it's, it's still work in progress. Okay, still work okay. in progress, but it is a documentary in the works called. Is well, actually, let me, I'm gonna let you plug it in. What's it called? I mean, you were doing a great job. I mean, it was an excellent <laughs> intro. I was gonna deserve that. <laughs> but yeah, it, you go ahead and just plug it in for us. Plug it in for yeah. us. Yeah. So I'm working on a documentary series called "Can't Retire from This" about girls basketball in the DMV. All right. All right. And. I guess, yeah, to, to that point. Um, first of all, I got to say, shout out to the DMV. You know, I've been seeing a lot coming out from this area in the last couple of months and some change, you know, in terms of stories. I saw projects about gentrification. I've seen people writing about GoGo. You know, now this, you know, I even put something out earlier. Shameless plug, shameless plug. And, um, you know, but I just wanted to ask you first off the bat so how did this project come about like what how did you get the inspiration to start this project so honestly looking back at my life it's been a work in progress for for years you know i was a former basketball player i mean basketball still part of me mm-hmm. and that's you know can't retire from this but um when the pandemic started i was forced to come home i live in la but i was forced to be home for you know, an unknown amount of time. I'm sitting here going through stuff in my bedroom. I see like all my old trophies, stuff from University of Maryland camps growing up, um, old jerseys and everything. My mom and dad keep telling me to clean my room. I'm like, no, this is history right here. I need this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just happened to, um, to be watching Showtime when In the Water is coming on, the the boys' basketball documentary. And um, unfortunately, I didn't see myself represented. And as somebody that's in the film industry and working uh, relentlessly to make sure that I'm seen, I had to, you know, take action that day. And I was like, you know, I'm here. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but everybody else is home. All All these players I used to play against overseas, they're back home. All these college coaches that I know, they're back home it's the perfect setup to, to make something happen. So um, after In the Water premiered, which, you know, it showcased boys basketball really well. 
they show that there wasn't enough room for us. Right. So why not, you know, create my own lane, create space for us. And that's exactly what we're doing. I made a Facebook post and I was like, so it's, it's time for us to, to create a girls basketball documentary who's with me. And several of my old teammates, former teammates, uh, former coaches, they all commented. And I was like, let's set this up. We made a Zoom call that week. And two weeks later, we were filming. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a dream. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. It would be like that. And, you know, um, you were saying that you used to play. Who was it you played for? Um, so growing up, I played for almost every AAU team in the area. But high school, I went to Elizabeth Seton. So oh, okay. I got a championship 2010. Shout out. All right, all right. Champions, champions, <laughs> we out here. Okay. And then you, you went to University of Maryland when you played? No, no. I went to North Carolina A and T, but oh. I did not um continue playing basketball going into college. My my high school career, um, I had I had concussion issues. So it prevented me from I had to, you know, come to the decision of health or continue playing basketball and fulfilling my passion. So I had to make a very tough decision. Got but it. basketball is still a part of me, and I, I have to give back to the game that made me who I am. I, I, I 100% support that. I totally... And just, it's kind of funny because I'm hearing you tell your story, and I, I'm hearing a lot of the same stuff that I was telling my friends about just the projects I've worked on. Basically, you know, I mean, you, you played in high school, you know, and then obviously... I, I just, I can speak for myself at least that when I, the reason, like, you know, obviously when you figured out you're not going to play at the collegiate level, you want to stay around the game, whatever that game right. is. For me, it was football, for you, it was basketball, yep. somebody else, whatever it is. Um, did that play into, like, what was it that you studied at A&T? So I came into A&T and I was a journalism mass communication student. Mm. Okay. So and it all goes hand in hand. Hand in hand, <laughs> right? Yeah. So... <laughs> I know, um, and so was it sports journalism for you, or was it kind of just anywhere? Honestly, I stepped away from the game completely. Mm. I was like, if I can't play basketball, I'm not going to be involved in it in any capacity. I kind of had um, a little bit of hurt towards the game, I'll say, throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, also me filming this is a healing process at the same time. I mean, you know, really facing these people I used to play against, all these coaches, you know, they, they've become super successful, and I praise them for, for continuing on with the game. But, you know, a little bit of me throughout the years like, man, I miss basketball. So, I mean, just act like it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> got it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, so who were some of the, like, some of the top players that you remember playing against? Ooh, that I remember playing against. Gets there is so Ronnie Garansberg from HD Woodson was probably one of the scariest people I've ever had to guard. Uh, <laughs> he almost crossed me up on camera. I, it didn't happen though, like right before halftime of the city title game. Scary moments, scary moments. Um, Tiana Marshall was my teammate, she was tough. I had to guard her every single practice. <laughs> um, there was Brene Mosley. Bones, as people call her, she's top tier around here. Taylor Brown, Lauren Chase, um, man, I can go down uh, and talk about people for for a long time. But the WCAC, there's so much like the competition everywhere was just lethal. 
So right. I was, and, you know, technology was starting to catch up. Everybody's cameras were starting to be out. Um, camcorders. I'm, I'm looking at old DVDs like, uh, this is scary. I don't remember that happening to me. I don't remember me getting scored on like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a lot of competition out here. And I can't. Definitely. Definitely. And I know that that was, the, I think the, that's the cool thing about your project is that, you know, we hear all the talk of like, we obviously know DMV is like a basketball hotbed, but for some reason, the only stories that we always seem to hear are like the boys, like, right. you know, like, it, it, you know, it, it's heavily focused with the guys, you know, and it's like, you know, hear the girls over here too, it's a lot of, and that's kind of what I was learning just following your, your social media pages that it's a lot of um, history with the girls' side. And I'm like, it's crazy that nobody was telling this story at the moment. So, you know. No, but, I mean, we just got to make room for ourselves. That's it. That's right. it. Nobody has, you know, taken an uh, initiative to really delve into the history and, like, why we are so good and just examine, you know. And even the players that we've been fortunate enough to interview, there's so many more. We're not going to be able to get them all in here, unfortunately. But... I'm just trying to get get as many faces in this as possible. <laughs> right, definitely, definitely. So I guess I have to ask, and take taking up yeah, sorry, taking on a project of this size, what have been kind of what have you learned about just this process? Like, what are some of the things you've learned just within filming, within the stories you're telling? Like, what kinds of things have you learned about it? Um, I've learned a lot about myself. And really how I was raised. Because um, when I went to A&T and then I moved to Atlanta and then I moved to L.A., I never, you know, came back home for this extent of time. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about, you know, how I fit into this world at that time, you know, growing up and how playing for multiple teams at the same time really, you know, helped my work ethic. And now I just use that same work ethic that I utilize, you know, in my youth, you know, always on the go, always you know, in the gym, you know, hustling. Mm -hmm. I use that in my real life and I get to use those skills back to the film. So it's a full circle, you know, type of element here, um, which, which is, is crazy. And then I just get to really reconnect with the DMV um, right. and, and players that I used to, you know, just being friends with them growing up. I haven't had the opportunity to have conversations with them, especially this deep that we're having in these interviews. Uh, it seems to become a, almost a therapeutic process for a lot of people because we haven't had the, the space, the platform to talk about these issues that we were going through growing up. Right, definitely, definitely. And I guess doing this in the midst of a global pandemic like COVID-19, have there been any <laughs> obstacles that you've had to overcome? I mean, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty difficult. Um and especially this summer, so I was able to get get my my crew together after that Facebook post and mm -hmm. the initial Zoom meetings. But then once Maryland starts open up in different phases, people's jobs start happening. So it's like I have full access to everybody all the time to figure out and you know shoot interviews. And then suddenly, uh, yeah, I'm not free anymore during the week, but on the weekends. And I'm on the go. I'm like, right. we have interviews to set up. We got interviews to line up. But people also have real lives. Right. And I'm like, this is my actual life right here. <laughs> but you guys have real jobs. Right. So just 
finding a balance of that and just staying motivated in such a, a difficult and unprecedented time as, you know, unprecedented. Um, and with all the Black Lives Matter stuff happening, these protests, just trying to keep everybody safe and healthy because, you know, everybody wants to be a part of this, and but you have to have that, that same hustle and, you know, being basically the, the only theme, the the only filmmaker leading a crew of people that haven't, you know, touched anything this magnitude has been a challenge in itself, but it's really helped me in my leadership skills and communication and just assessing what I've learned in the real world of my film experiences and bringing it back home. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of your film experience, I, I, I know just off of some things I've seen, you've worked with um, David E. Talbert before. You yes, know, sir. a Morgan State alum, so I, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my mentor. Like, that's one of my best friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what, what's that I'm been sorry, like? What's that? <laughs> How's that been, that experience like? I mean, it's gotten me to be where I am today. Uh, working on Jangle Jangle with him for the past three years has been an experience in itself. I think that is one of the most fascinating films I've ever seen. And just being able to utilize you know, your exact imagination and seeing that on screen as a black girl, like, not that that's unmatched. And just the storyline of that and how uh, you see a little black girl being seen in that magical world before, it, it's parallels to what we're doing here. And these little black girls and black women are seeing themselves on screen with, with the projects I'm doing. So it really uh, opened my eyes to my purpose in the landscape, in my, in my power with film. Definitely, definitely. And I guess I had to, I brought it up a little bit before, but I had to talk about it again. Um, DMV, I feel like, in a lot of sense, we're kind of overlooked a lot. I feel like just in music, <laughs> sports, like our culture, just everything about us, I feel like, like people don't really understand the amount of like, just this cultural hub that's over here in the nation's capital and especially in the world of sports i feel like people don't get it that's why like for me personally this same summer i worked on a i recently did a book about um football in this area you know so i worked on prince george's and montgomery so kind of what you deal with where everybody was free because of covid so i was able to just call people up and talk to them you know taking advantage of that time and the reason I bring all this up to say is that I feel like how important is it that we as natives of this area tell our stories, you know, especially when other people don't seem to get it. Right. I mean, we have to take our power back. We can't let other people tell our stories. Um, and, you know, and just it's important for me, especially coming back here from L.A. and being able to teach people and show them that there's way more to the world than this, but also telling our truth and being um, a catalyst and somebody to, to tell tell the truth for us to inspire other people to tell their truth. I mean, that's important for me. I'm glad that I, um, I'm able to take time out of my life to really focus on this, this aspect, but we have to. We have to, because who else is going to tell it for us? We're just going to be overlooked and overshadowed. Right. That's, that doesn't rock with me. You know, <laughs> and especially when you when you deal with all these outside elements, like you got gentrification, you got, you know, you got all these other things. So you got all these outsiders that come in and they don't know the history. So we can't lose our history. <laughs> we cannot lose we our history. 
you know, that's why I said, like, my friend, a friend of mine, he wrote a book about go-go music and, like, him growing up around, like, the bounce beat era and stuff. You know, people aren't going to know those stories unless, especially the black people in the city tell these stories in particular. So, exactly. Definitely. It's up something. to us. And our generation, we got to take advantage of this technology and, you know, this, this age of information. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's utilize it to our power. For sure. And we can't retire from this. Is it like a mix of private and public, or is it private? Is yeah. it just public? Like, what, it's, what is it's private and public? Um, and just showing the disparities between the two. I mean, most of us that excel in the basketball world do end up going to private schools, but mm-hmm. then we have those those you know outlier stories that excel in the public school world. Um, but you know, the WCAC obviously is one the, the number one. <laughs> That that was the thing I was like when I did mine. It was like give the pub like mine ended up just being a public school thing because I'm like give the public schools okay. love. WCAC gets enough love from Washington Post and ESPN right. and, and you know all the yeah. stuff. They're well taken care of, so that's 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 definitely cool. But um, anything else? Any type of surprises we could look forward to that maybe I haven't brought up yet? Surprises, man. I guess so you know being a and t a and t alum you know i got i got some friends of mine that are a and t alum so you know I, I was telling them about this and they were like oh man it'd, it'd be great like my man's uh shout out my man's uh Jarrell. that's my yes. guy you know but um you you feel like was there um a lot of hbcu love in there as well or oh my i make sure and uh, David Albert does this as well. We mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, we show the HBCUs love. I mean, on Jingle Jangle, he had a Nika Noni Rose. Right. He had uh, Alicia Rashad, you mm-hmm. know, himself, Morgan State. Uh, just making sure that we, you know, give HBCUs love. I made sure that, you know, we gave we gave enough screen time to Kenia Coles at Hampton. <laughs> um but like myself being behind the scenes, um, our audio guy, uh, Brian, you know, A and T. Uh Jarrell's been helping a lot with this as well. Oh yeah, he's A&T, been promoting. I, I'm putting A and T on the map. My co producer Shannon, A and T. Like everybody. We we are out here and I wanna make sure that we show that HBCU alum and kind of students, whatever, everybody can can tell great stories. And I want more of us to be able to tell our stories. Yeah, and that was the segue into my thing. As an HBCU alum, I'm like, you know, people got to know about us, you know? People be sleep on us, <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. like, people want to say what they want about our schools, but it's like, man, we produce greatness. 
regardless right. of which HBC, and you know, regardless up and down, whether it's A and T, whether it's Morgan, FAMU, Howard, whoever, like it's it's so many of us out here. Like, it's, I'm it's gonna amazing. do whatever I can to make them take notice. Yeah, you know, this project that we're working on is undeniable, mm-hmm. and I will make sure that they see who is around me and then who's around them. Right. And make it a spiral, a domino effect. Like, we produce greatness. Right. And you got to invest in us. You got to. You got to. <laughs> and I guess my actual final question, because I keep saying that, but my actual final question is, what do you hope the end goal and what do you hope to accomplish with this docuseries? Yeah, so this docuseries, it's way bigger than um, than what I've really told anybody um, besides, like, my, my actual team. Mm. But we want to be able to tell can't retire from this stories from girls all across the nation. We want to take... So we're starting with the DMV, but then New York girls basketball is phenomenal as well. Let's go right. to New York. Let's tell these stories in Atlanta, North Carolina, Texas, L.A., Chicago. Like, we can't retire from this. And it's a universal theme. We're just starting with the DMV because, I mean, it's home, we agree yeah. with that. <laughs> but I want to see why does New York think that they're, they're the best what are the stories that made them them you know it, the history runs so deep but we have not been given the platform so I'm making the platform amen amen <laughs> well Mel I want to thank you for coming on to my show you know sure. we had tried to do it before timing obviously wasn't great but we got it now and that's We're all that matters now. you know but, um, again, thank Please. you for showing up. Thank you. Of course. Of course. You know, I, I got to support. I got to support whenever. I'm trying to make time, but the documentary is not done yet. So I got to make sure I, I stay focused on that and not. I'm, I'm still low-key. Right, 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 right. <laughs> gotcha. But it's all good. This is great. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, no problem. Any, any idea of when we could potentially see a release date, possibly? Or is it uh, not sure yet? The, the goal is, is fall, fall, fall 2021. Okay, fall 2021. Okay, so y'all heard that here first. Fall yeah. 2021. Be on That's the lookout. Bad. Once we get somebody to, you know, really invest in us, that right. is where I'm ready to go. Right. Can't retire this. Remember that name. You heard it here first. Hopefully you heard it here first. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, this has been the play by play analysis. Devin Nash, PSK play by play. If you know, you know, if you don't know, don't worry about it. And we got to get up out of here. See you when we see you, deuces. <laughs>